Welcome to Next Level Commerce, a Freedom Pay podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Next Level Commerce, a Freedom Pay podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. I want to make sure you're getting all the Freedom Pay content you crave as you're listening along to this episode. So as you're listening, make sure that you're going to freedompay.com. Again, freedompay.com for more information about our solutions and services as well as our podcast episodes and other pieces of Freedom Pay content. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit that button and you'll have a full catalog of previous episodes as well as notifications when we drop new ones. So coming up later in October on the 29th at 2 p.m. Central to be exact, go ahead and mark your calendars, we're going to be having Freedom Pays Live Roundtable on Retail's Economic Recovery. And as we get closer to that unique blend of thought leadership and perspectives from across the retail industry, we wanted to give our podcast audience a taste of what that conversation will focus on and why analyzing retail's response to COVID is so critical to understanding the future of the industry. So on this episode of Next Level Commerce, we're sitting down with Laurent May. He's the CEO of Ready and one of our upcoming panelists on the roundtable. Laurent is going to be giving us a deeper look at the shift toward contactless ordering and payment, which in Ready's world is better called connected dining. Laurent's also going to help us intersect all of this with retail's COVID recovery. Laurent, great to have you on. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Daniel. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's a pleasure getting to chat today, and I'm looking forward to unpacking some of your thoughts and also uh, getting a sense for how you're feeling about this upcoming roundtable. So let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, first up, I want to just clarify what Ready does for our audience so that they understand uh, the perspective that you're bringing to the conversation. So if you don't mind, could you give us an elevator pitch of Ready's business, how y'all intersect with the retail industry, and some of the uh, more recent developments in your company? Sure. Thanks for that. So Ready is really focused on, you know, that contactless ordering and payment, what, what we like to call connected dining. So we're focused on the, the restaurant space and we're bringing a full experience from digital menus, ordering, loyalty, reviews and payment without using in-store hardware or services. You actually do this all on your own phone. And, and customers and guests are able to do this by scanning a QR code or tapping an NFC tag right in context at the table to bring up this digital experience. So that will allow you to maybe order your food to the table in a contactless way. That will allow you to uh, provide feedback to the restaurant in a digital and contactless way. Or what was one of our core use cases is paying off your bill at the end of a, a restaurant experience. So, you know, we're really focused on what people are calling contactless payment in this contactless category, but we really think it's about connecting diners to restaurants that they, they love to visit and, and, and be patrons of in a really personal way on their own device. Uh, so we started with payment and now we're expanding sort of that ecosystem to include other things that make sense to bring into that experience for customers. Payments is obviously a very key part of the retail or restaurant experience, but there's also some really interesting opportunities uh, to add value to customers and merchants by by extending that uh, surface area to loyalty and surveys like I was talking about. So 
you know, I think that's, uh, you know, we're growing, we're adding products and features and it's a, it's a really hot space right now. And we're, we're you know, we see ourselves as leaders in a, in a couple of these product categories. Perfect. Thanks for that context. So let's get into the meat of the conversation. Again, we're chatting retails, broader economic recovery during COVID. So just to pull your personal perspective and insights on this, how would you characterize retail's economic recovery mid-COVID and mid-recession? Well, I mean, I think I think it's it's obviously been very difficult out there. Our focus on restaurants will obviously be very we're hurt very early with shutdowns uh, of in 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 restaurant dining and and COVID obviously brought a lot of a pain into into that industry. But at the same time, there's been a lot of opportunity for innovation and the opportunity for these merchants and in retail and restaurants, I think regardless to actually look at their digital transformation strategy and see how to take this obviously very struggling time with the pandemic and turn that into a positive, into an opportunity. We've been talking to restaurants that have had digital transformation plans that have, you know, had a five-year five-year roadmap turned into, you know, three to six months. And, and the ones that have been able to, you know, have that digital strategy, whether it be online ordering or, or contactless pickup for retail or restaurants, they're the ones that thrived. They're the ones that were able to be innovative and, and be able to, you know, stay open and, and kind of hang on during those those shutdowns and and be able to uh, serve their customers in a new way. So, you know, on the back of that, you know, there, this is going to be a, a longer road to recovery. But I think once we get on the other side of it, you know, these industries have, are going to be changed forever. They're, the new baseline is customers are going to be expecting to be able to control their experiences, to be able to interface with these brands, retail restaurants, and any, any other sort of outfit the way they want to online, digitally, and contactlessly if they, if they require. So, you know, I think technology has provided a really big, you know, it's been a tool that these retailers and restaurants have been able to use to be able to get their products and services out to their, their customers in a way that they maybe haven't done in the past, especially in the restaurant space. There was a lot of companies that were flat-footed and quickly had to adjust and, and change the, the their business model and open up new channels like online or third-party delivery. And, and those that did that uh, are going to be really successful on the back end of this and, and have a really good launching plan in, in, into the recovery. Just to get a little more specific on some of the positives and the negatives in the response, let's again, let's you know pull the curtain back a little bit. Where would you say the industry has fallen short in its recovery? And you know, obviously, this is all in context of a pandemic that was completely unexpected and you know for uh, most industries there was little prep they could do to get ahead of the curve here but even amid that is there anything that you think as a whole retailers could have done better to adapt during covid and then we'll get to the positives after this as well yeah and i think we touched on it on, on the previous questions just not having that strategy in place or having it having you know very little of that strategy being implemented and you know being forced to to implement that quickly and what happens there is you're forced to make really really quick and maybe not thought out decisions just you're in survival mode right so i need to get a you know a delivery service up and running i need to get an online website so you're not necessarily going through the process that would maybe yield the best results for you you might have some existing vendors that do some of these products on the side and, and because they're an existing vendor it's easy to to turn them on but then you know you're kind of left with a lunch bag letdown when you when you actually start using the service and it's not meeting your needs so i think you know due to the unpreparedness and the fact that it was you know so so you know came on so quickly i think we saw some you know really good intended 
decisions and, and vendors being installed and, and, and turned up, but uh, not all of them turned out very well. And I think there's a little bit of technology buyers remote, more sets happening and sort of a reevaluation cycle that's also happening. So I think, you know, I don't know if you could actually do it any better in the case of, in the case of what happened uh, during this pandemic, because it was just so, so acute and so fast that, you know, everyone was doing their best that they can. But um, I think it's really important if you've made it through it to really step back and say, okay, is the vendors that I selected the right one for me long-term? Is this new service style, what, you know, is that baseline? Is this, is this kind of how I want to operate moving forward? So I think that's a trend that's out there for sure for sort of that reevaluation period as they, everyone's catching their breath, you know, uh, at the end of this. And so, yeah, we've seen that as a trend for sure. And, and I think it's a, it was an opportunity area that may be just based on the lack of preparedness for, for digital transformation and this type of, you know, wholesale business model shift that there, you know, that may have sh- fell short for, for some people out there. Now let's flip it and look at the positives in retail's economic recovery mid-COVID. What has powered the areas where retailers have come out on top and adapted well to this pandemic and recession? Yeah, I think there's a lot of actually really interesting and positive stories that have come out of this, you know, around that digital transformation side. We've seen QSR restaurants, you know, have very little drive-through traffic turn into, you know, drive-through machines and, and have increased their sales to 300% through that channel, or people being very, very creative on the contactless and curbside pickup and, and creating what we call like, you know, virtual drive-throughs where, where they may not have that physical space, but they're, they're being creative and able to create a safe uh, commerce experience for, for their customers. I think the other big thing that's happened, especially in the restaurant fit space, where we're obviously very focused, is there was a, l- a lot of dependency on third-party delivery, and and that made sense when the dining rooms were open, and you know that was fixed costs that were supporting the dining room, and you could add additional, you know, add an additional uh, channel without you know too much harm. But when you're relying on that as the key channel for serving your customers, that that economically kind of got upside down. And uh, the good that came out of that was all of these uh, restaurants looking for first-party delivery and takeout services, where they're taking over that customer ownership. So now we have restaurants that, you know, have real relationships, real one-on-one relationships with the diners that they've been serving through these third parties and didn't really know who they were. Now they have this ability to to really increase the surface area and the contact point and the relationship that they're having with these customers now that they've shifted them from maybe a third party service to a first party service. So I think the on the positive side, there's been a ton of innovation. There's been a ton of acceleration of this digital transformation. And, and I think at the end of it, you're going to see these, you know, these companies that have done that have a really strong relationship with their customers moving forward, which will be a springboard for, you know, when we get back to normalcy. So innovation, adaptability, agility, and that business model turnover. Uh, I think that was a, a really positive thing for the industry as, as third party was becoming quite taxing on the business model and the relationship model that they had with customers. One of the staple engines we've seen for many retailers to get customers feeling more comfortable back in store is just a general inclusion of contactless solutions and contactless experiences. What's interesting is that contactless was already cementing itself as part of retail's future before the pandemic. So can you track the growth of contactless solutions for us and some of the ways they were already showing their potential to retailers before COVID? Yeah, I mean, if you think you look at in, in any retail environment, uh, regardless of the segment or vertical, there has been this long shift from 
sort of EMV to or uh, non-contactless EMV into contactless. And that's been spurred on by, I think, Apple Pay, Google Pay. These types of products have really pushed not only merchants, but consumers to to adopt those methodologies. You're also seeing card issuers now actually providing contactless cards. So that was obviously a very big trend, but it was a little slower than in other uh, geographic regions. Like, you know, I'm based out of Vancouver in Canada or in the UK where contactless cards and contactless terminals are absolutely everywhere. You know, any purchase under $100 is basically done through an Apple Pay, Google Pay or, or contactless wave transaction. In the US, we're seeing that accelerate now i think every single you know card issuer is going to be providing that technology and just in speaking with a lot of our our, our customers that use ready pay at table contactless pay at table they're also supplementing that with the ability to to you know change out their card processing terminals and and, and going through that entire uh, upgrade cycle so i think you're right there is absolutely a trend to contactless i think it was following in around the rest of the world from a ge- ge- geographic perspective in the us but there's no doubt that you know, contactless from a payment perspective was certainly absolutely accelerated over the last six months in both restaurant, retail, and, and basically all industries. There's other areas of contactless that need to be done in, in, in retail. It's not just payment. It's signing up for services. It's signing up for loyalty. It's providing feedback. You think about all the different outside of the purchasing experience, all the different sort of contact you may find with a retail store or a restaurant, there's actually quite a lot there. And in our example, you know, menus are a big piece of uh, a contact with servers and staff and of course the, the paper. So, you know, that's that's an area that we innovated on. We, we delivered a, a digital menu experience and now we're, you know, we're saving, you know, 600,000 paper menus from going into the to, into the garbage every single month. But it also provided a contactless and a better experience. You know, you're taking your Here's an opportunity to make this experience better. Take it from a sort of low fidelity paper menu into something that's real time, allows you to filter based on dietary needs, uh, provides uh, you know up to date pictures and calorie counts and stuff like that. So you you take a sort of contactless need and you actually actually extend it and make it better. And I think there's that's the type of innovation that's happening across retail and restaurants. So with all that as context, what are some expected and unexpected ways that COVID re-cemented touchless technology into the retail landscape. Was touchless sort of given a second boost of lifeblood because of COVID? And, you know, how do you imagine that trajectory now mapping forward? You know, I think it was on a, a customer adoption and merchant adoption have to come together, right, for touchless payments or, or touchless experience to to take hold. There's tons of stories of people rolling out technology that you know, that works, but merchants don't necessarily push it or customers are not ready for it. What COVID did is is really on both sides of that that relationship is push the requirement and the offering of, of touchless experiences for merchants and, and, and consumers. So now, you know, whereas maybe, you know, Ready was deployed and would be kind of a new thing and, and not necessarily uh, seen by everyone before. I think there's an expectation now that I'm going to have contactless payments and I'm going to be in control of my, you know, my guest experience through my own phone. That's a new baseline. If you think about things in the, in the context of COVID of, you know, what's going to snap back to where it was before and what's going to be the new baseline. You know, that's kind of how we think about things when we're thinking about product features and we want to spend our time on, on the new baseline, obviously, you know, we absolutely believe that once customers try this touchless checkout, there's absolutely no reason why they would go, go back the other way. Um, saves time, is, is more safe, 
that's better for the for the staff. And so I think, you know, if we look at our own stats, you know, something like 98% of people that use it once will use it again. So that that sort of confluence of merchants in on mass, you know, offering these solutions and and customers having that expectation is just going to, you know, orders of mag- magnitude increase usage um, to to the point where it's just mainstream. Pre-COVID, you know, Ready had fantastic usage rates. Uh, we would have twenty, you know, twenty percent of our of customers scanning a QR code and checking out on their own device before they left the restaurant. We have many deployments that were 70, 80, 90% of people that are doing this new contest with checkout on their own phone. So it just tells you that the environment, the merchant adoption and the customer adoption are all coming together to create this new category. And the new baseline is an expectation, not a novelty around these types of services. What I find interesting about Touchless is also how it can intersect with the digital and e-commerce side of retail that obviously over the last several years has expanded and become the future of uh, convenient shopping for many consumers. When you integrate Touchless, there's opportunities to tie in other digital strategies and ways of better targeting customers with those digital interfaces. So can you elaborate a bit on some of the intersections you see between touchless technology and long-term digital strategies that have become a proactive part of retailers' strategies over the last several years? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. This is a big opportunity for you to, you know, you, you can't think about contactless payments as, you know, a technology product or a payment method. You got to think about it as an opportunity to open up a relationship with the customer, right? You know, you're offloading a transaction or a payment from, you know, a card on a terminal to someone's own device in our case. So what can you do with that? I mean, you can do anything. Moving that context from a card and terminal to the customer's own own device uh, allows you to do really interesting things. So on our side, we're doing loyalty, we're doing integration into loyalty, we're doing integration into survey experiences. So a typical restaurant might have gotten 70 pieces of feedback on you know, the survey cards or, or at the bottom of your seat, it might say, go to this link and fill up the survey. You might, you know, a really good number from these sort of old school survey companies would be 70 pieces of feedback uh, in any given month per location. We're seeing you know, an order of magnitude higher that. We're seeing 70 per day. You know, So there is a opportunity when you off if you change the context of where the transaction is happening to innovate on that surface area and there's a there's a lot of you know personalization that's going to happen around loyalty and rewards there's a lot of feedback that's going to happen at the beginning or the end of the transaction but the big thing here is this is going to enable the retailer regardless of vertical you know i'm talking a lot about restaurant but if you're in a retail if you're in a retail setting there's absolutely no reason why this couldn't be the same uh, a scenario where you're now offloading that transaction onto someone's personal device and that opens up that relationship experience that really couldn't happen before or is really clunky i think we've all been you know at the at the you know checking out at a at a uh, you know clothing store and they're asking you for your email address or you have to type it in on the pin pad that's not a great experience and the, the uptake for those things are are really really low but when you push it to their own device there's so many great ways of of collecting that information whether it be identity platforms like sign in with apple or continue with google where it's one click and you're able to to enroll someone into this rich ecosystem so that's where we're focused on that i think it's a really good point point of payment is 
incredibly important. It's probably the most important part of the guest journey, arguably, on both the merchant and the customer side uh, when you're making a decision to, to maybe tip in our case or provide feedback. But it also provides a really interesting area uh, for innovation. And I think that's going to become very, very standard across all these guest journeys. Do you find that customers themselves are ready for touchless at scale? Uh, do you think just the general shopping audience has adapted to a lot of the other digital intersections of retail that will give touchless the most bang for its buck? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing, again, I think it's that confluence of environment, merchant adoption and customer adoption coming together to provide, you know, what is unmistakably a, a trend of where you would think that customers might not want to adopt this technology or a little bit late or slow to do so. But even with our own stats, we've gone from 20% to 80% share of checkout in the last four months. You know, those cannot happen without customers being ready, willing, and able and wanting and seeking out these solutions. We kind of hit a it seemed like some sort of limit on adoption, you know, best dem best demographic, busiest restaurants, busiest retail established at that 20 to 30% mark. But now that we've just blown right through that. And that's a whole industry coming together, offering these solutions. And there's lots of vendors out there doing different things. I think the key thing is, though, is you can't choose a solution that's just checking a box. There is bodies littered on the side of, it, of the highway of just looking at a technology and applying it to a problem. You know, let's add a QR code to this experience. Let's add a, you know, touchless experience to this uh, checkout. That doesn't really work. You, you, you have to look, you have to look at the guest problem. You have to look at the customer journey and you have to work backwards from there. I've made that mistake more than anyone, <laughs> just applying technology, you know, and seeing if it works. You got to start with the customer in mind. What problems are you solving? And it's really, it's really clear that this touchless technology in this environment is the right choice and customers are are certainly adopting it in droves. Like I said, I think, you know, our, our share of checkout is, is, has ballooned. We're seeing, you know, one and a half million people using our, our checkout since COVID started. So there's, there's a huge amount of growth in this experience and that comes back to customer adoption. And, you know, pardon the pun, but I think customers are ready. And, you know, the proof is in, in the usage that we're seeing. What about the retailers? Do you think that they sort of in general see the value in touchless uh, beyond just the the sort of surface level additions that give some sheen and ooh ah to the experience but you know i guess maybe to better phrase the question do you find that retailers have strategies ready to take advantage of touchless at scale yeah and then that comes down you know in the retail environment you're obviously you, you need to integrate into a lot of different systems and subsystems so obviously the point of sales are really important part of that that integration so you know that's a little bit of a slower moving you know in, the, in sort of the legacy side that's a little bit of a slower moving example technology provider uh, segment but if you look at you know companies like square companies like lightspeed they are investing in these areas right so i think for for merchants out there it's really important to or if you look at freedom pay of course you know there's a lot there's a whole touchless platform that you've provided where ecosystem partners like ourselves have plugged into to be able to offer retailers, restaurateurs, these touch experiences. But the vendors out there, the point of sale companies, the payment companies all need to come together to provide a solution that makes sense. And, you know, we're, we're you know, we're not, you know, we're seeing a lot of touchless experiences being enabled in retail, but we're not seeing a lot of that extra value being hung off of it yet. Um, I think there will be 
a lot of that happening, whether it be personalization, rewards, offers, loyalty, that's where that intersection will happen at payment. And it will go into all segments, including retail. But we, you know, we're looking to, to vendors like ourselves, Freedom Pay and others to come together to provide those solutions. All right, Laurent, we are getting close to the end of our conversation, but I want to wrap by looking at the Freedom Pay event that you're participating in soon that I mentioned at the top of the podcast. So like we said, coming up on October 29th, live at 2 p.m. Central, Freedom Pay is hosting an industry roundtable where you and several other thought leaders will analyze and discuss strategies for economic recovery and retail as we move into 2021 as well as discussing how innovative technologies are going to enable this recovery, touchless obviously included. So what are you most excited about for the panel and why? Yeah, I love I love speaking with and participating in these types of events because you just get to see such an interesting cross-section of companies and vendors and partners that are seeing the exact same thing we are. And what it allows us to do as an industry is, is learn from each other, share the best practices, uh, share uh, best practices with your audience and merchants and retailers out there. And, you know, it's a it's an opportunity for us to come together, discuss some of these problems, these opportunities and, and these challenges and and kind of come out of those these types of discussions and working groups and, and roundtables better as an industry. So I, 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 I you know, it's, it's great to speak with competitors, partners. I think we're in this as an industry to help our retailers, our restaurateurs, the entire community out there. And I think, you know, um, speaking with 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 our peers is is a great way to uh, level up everyone's product set, mindset, and how we can help people out there. In the end, we're here to serve our our collective community. And I think by sharing our ideas, best practices, and experiences, we can do better for everyone. So that's what I get excited about. You know, sometimes you're you're working remotely from home and uh, it's hard to get plugged into, you know, the mainstream sort of dialogue and, and, and be able to have contact with your peers and your your friends. And it's great to be able to get together and, and talk about such an important topic for, for 2021. How do you see some of the technologies and trends that we discussed earlier, specifically touchless, intersecting with some of the different panelists' backgrounds and expertise and some of what you're hoping to chat about? Yeah, I think it's just interesting to see, you know, it'd be interesting to sort of frame the question to the panelists, what's going to snap back to normal? What's the new baseline and how they think about their products and services and, and, and their customer base? That's something that we think about every single day as we chart our future. And of course, there's so much uncertainty unknown for the you know upcoming year or so. So I think that's a really interesting thing to frame a discussion. I'd be really interested to hear feedback on the retail landscape in that context as well. There's any other thoughts and, and perspectives that would will help us prepare for 2021. I think that's going to be a really interesting discussion point. And as our listening audience prepares for the round coming up here again on October 29th, what are some takeaways you hope industry professionals get from the panel and why? What are you really expecting to be communicated and you know give us a I don't know a value judgment on some of the takeaways? Yeah, I think I think you know just generally from this podcast or or this roundtable, uh, as we think about the future, I think you know contactless is here to stay. Having a strategy around this and and having uh, making customers feel comfortable with this new this new normal is going to be a really important strategy. I think number two is use this as an opportunity to think about your long term digital strategy. You know, don't think about quick fixes. Don't think about checking a box that I have contactless and touchless. Think about the ecosystem. Think about what this can do for your business long-term. 
And then the third thing I would say in, in the context of our core market, which is which is the hospitality market, is contactless doesn't mean you know robotic and cold. You know, it can supplement your your dining experience. It can supplement your retail experience to make it better. There's this sort of uh, fear that this contactless or touchless experience is going to take away from the shopping, dining, or retail experience. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I think that could be further from the truth. I think it's actually going to make it better. It's going to put more control into the hands of, of your guests and customers. And I think that's something to embrace, not be scared of. All right, Laurent May, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts at Freedom Pays Live Roundtable again, 29th at 2 p.m. Central. Laurent, thanks again for your time today on the podcast. Always a pleasure getting to chat. Thank you, Daniel. That was a lot of fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Next Level Commerce, a Freedom Pay podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're going to our website at freedompay.com and make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you'd like to watch Freedom Pay's live roundtable, make sure that you register and tune in October 29th at 2 p.m. Central for more conversations from Laurent May, CEO of Ready, and other industry panelists. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you next time.